Welcome to Mission Gathering Charlotte. This community is for you. If you grew up in the church and have lost your faith, if you are in a moment of deconstruction or reconstruction, if scandals, politics, and hate have led you into doubt, if the stories of this faith raise doubts and curiosity in you, our time together is not about trying to fix you. You are not broken. Our journey in this life is not about erasing doubt but embracing them. For it is only on the darkest night we can see the stars. Life's journey is hard enough so we don't think you should have to make this journey alone. So if you are Asian, Latinx, Black or White, Indigenous, if you are male or female, trans or non-binary, if you are three days old, 30 years old or 103 years old, if you've never stepped foot in a church, or if you are Buddhist, Roman Catholic, agnostic or are a lifelong evangelical, if you are single, married, divorced, separated or partnered, if you are straight, gay, lesbian, asexual or bisexual, if you are a Republican, Democrat, independent, socialist or not registered to vote, if you have or had addictions, phobias, abortions or a criminal record, if you own your home, rent, live with your parents or are homeless, if you are fully abled, disabled or a person of differing abilities, you are welcome to join us on this journey to share our sacred meal at the Table of Grace. Happy Sunday and welcome one and all. Blessed are those who are weary. Blessed are those who are weak. Blessed are you when you're so overwhelmed. That's all you can do just to speak. Blessed are those who are anxious. Blessed are the heart that's depressed. Blessed are those who are stuck in a rut Someday they themselves will be refreshed Freely we have been given Freely we have received We thank the Lord for our Mother The earth who has given us all that we Blessed are those who are hungry. Blessed are those who have thirst. Blessed are you when you've been made fool, for surely you've been through the worst. Blessed are those with their back to the wall, those with the need to control. Oh, well, in there, so 
Faith is the reality of what we hoped for, the proof of what we don't see. The elders in the past were approved because they showed faith. By faith we understand that the universe has been created by a word from God, so that the visible came into existence from the invisible. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was going to receive as an inheritance. He went out without knowing where he was going. By faith he lived in the land he had been promised as a stranger. He lived in tents along with Isaac and Jacob, who were co-heirs of the same promise. He was looking forward to a city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith even Sarah received the ability to have a child, though she herself was barren and past the age for having children because she believed that the one who promised was faithful. So descendants were born from one man, and he was as good as dead. They were as many as the number of the stars in the sky, and countless as the grains of sand on the seashore. All these people died in faith without receiving the promises, but they saw the promises from a distance and welcomed them. They confessed that they were strangers and immigrants on earth. People who say this kind of thing make it clear that they are looking for a homeland. If they had been thinking about the country that they had left, they would have had the opportunity to return to it. But at this point in time, they are longing for a better country. That is a heavenly one. Therefore, God isn't ashamed to be called their God. God has prepared a city for them. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 3 in verses 8 through 16. Common English Bible translation. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. For a lot of my life, I struggled with the idea of what is faith? Like, is it a divine test that you have to have enough faith to get to the end through all the trials and the struggles, and then at some point there's a reward? And then at other points, faith seemed like it was just whistling in the dark. 
throwing pennies into a wishing well and hoping that things would turn out okay. Faith is just one of those subjects, one of those concepts that that carries so much baggage with it, isn't it? Like maybe you grew up in religion or in a church and and faith was used as a way to spiritually bypass you. People would say, put all those doubts and questions on the shelf and just have faith. Or maybe you had a loved one who was sick and people told you, well, they could be healed if you just have enough faith. And then when they didn't get better, there was all that guilt. All that guilt of maybe you didn't have enough faith, you didn't pray hard enough, you didn't say the right things or make God happy enough for them to be healed. So you're left with that guilt and that baggage, all of that pain. So often I think the way that we as people in this time invoke faith is as an antidote to reality. We think that by calling out this idea of faith that all of a sudden the the real world that we're in will simply go away and magical things will happen. But that kind of idea of faith isn't what I think the author of Hebrews is getting to in this passage we just read. Rather than stepping outside of reality or whistling in the dark or using it as a way to spiritually bypass the things that trouble us in life, the author says it's a connection to something deeper. They use this word that is usually translated as assurance, and that word is hypostasis. It's a Greek word. And you could translate it as meaning assurance, but it also has a lot of other meanings. It can mean assuming a posture, taking on a position, getting into emotion. Or it can mean the taking on of something ourselves with the hope that it'll work out in the future, or the hope that our actions can help it work out in the future. You see, that kind of idea makes me think that faith is more than just wishful thinking. The kind of wishful thinking that we have to constantly reassure ourselves is true even as the nagging doubts rise up within us. You see, I see faith in what we have here in the passage of Hebrews as not being a way to disconnect with reality, but being a, a pathway to the deeper reality through which all that is seen was made. The unseen, the pre-existence of existence that place, that deep place where we find God, through which all things came to be. This faith, this idea that the author of Hebrews has about faith isn't passive, it's active. But its activity, its activity isn't performative. It isn't running through hoops. It isn't going to another quiet time. It isn't having another Bible study. This kind of faith goes deeper than that. You see, it's, it's more than just what we do. It's more about who we are, more than, a, than an action or a thing to be performed. It's a way of being. You might be thinking to yourself, well, what good is that right now? The world is in chaos. And the author of Hebrews might have more to say to you than you think. You see, they were writing to a community, a community that was struggling against the persecution of their new religion, their new Jesus movement that they become a part of. And their struggles were tough. I mean, they had sacrificed a lot. They had given up so many things, and they had done so many things for others, and yet here they still were, suffering and struggling. The main reason that they were going through all of this strife was because they 
had decided to opt out of the cultural narrative that the empire had provided for everyone to live by. And they opted out because they saw the story that Jesus brought as being a story that they wanted to attach their own stories to, as being a place that they wanted to live out of. They thought at the beginning that everything would change and it would all be better soon, very soon. There was this expectation. But as time went on, things were still bad. Times were still tough and they were still being persecuted. And it didn't seem like anything would ever come and change the the reality that they were living in, the things that they saw in front of them. But the author of Hebrews doesn't speak out of a place of non-compassion. Deeply compassionate. And they want this community to see further than just what's happening in front of them. To connect to that deepness so that they can see beyond time. The author then gives them this list of faithful people going back to the beginning of the Hebrew Bible. The lectionary skips most of the people on that list to have us go straight to the story of Abraham and Sarah. Being that this is a letter that we have that's, that's really a sermon, this author is preaching to this community to stay with the faith, to stay with the new movement of Jesus. The account of Sarah and Abraham's faithfulness gets pretty sanitized. We see written here their posture of faith and their willingness to follow God and believe in the promises that God gave them. But the reality of the larger narrative, the larger story that we find in the Hebrew Bible, is a lot messier than what we see here in the, in the book of Hebrews. The author bypasses the story of Hagar's forced pregnancy, her mistreatment under Sarah, and her banishment from her home. They also bypass the loss of status for Ishmael and the traumatic binding and almost murder of Isaac by Abraham. You see, we do that a lot of times with our stories of faith. We do that a lot of times with our heroes of faith. We sanitize and we get rid of the messiness. Because looking back, we only want to remember the good parts. We don't want to deal with the problems that are there. We do the same thing with our own histories, with our own family stories. We tidy up and we sanitize so that it's a more compelling tale to pass down from generation to generation. But I think we lose something in that. I think we lose some of the humanness of all of these people and what it meant for them to be faithful. And then in this chapter, the author goes on to say that Sarah and Abraham died still waiting for those promises to be fulfilled. But they died in that posture of faith. I think for the original audience hearing this and for us today, as we seek to separate ourselves from a cultural narrative that empire has prescribed to us and that is killing our planet and those around us, It might be little comfort for us to think about dying, still waiting for promises to be fulfilled. But I think that goes back to us missing something if all we try to see is the reality right in front of us and we disconnect from the deeperness of what faith means. You see, what I'm coming to see and understand in my life is that we, you and me, each and every one of us, we are the promises fulfilled of those who came before us. You, right now watching this, are the hopes of your ancestors countless generations back. Ancestors whose lives may have been really messy and complicated, and at times downright terrifying or shameful. But you, 
You are their dreams manifested and realized right here and right now. So then that makes me think. We're right here, right now, and there's all of these people behind us who died still waiting for the promises of their faith to be fulfilled, but still remained faithful. What would happen if we peered into that deeper reality? That reality that exists outside of time. Seeing beyond the narratives that are forced on us, the ones that we have to play into to get by in society, to do commerce, to to be a part of our neighborhoods and our countries. What if we saw beyond that? What if we listened beyond that? And we heard the deeper song, the original song. You see, the author of Hebrews goes on in this chapter and says something else that's really interesting to me. Let's read it again together. They confessed that they were strangers and immigrants on earth. People who say this kind of thing make it clear that they are looking for a homeland. If they had been thinking about the country that they had left, they would have had an opportunity to return to it. But at this point in time, they're longing for a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God isn't ashamed to be called their God. God has prepared a city for them. Most of us have become unmoored from the sanitized national myths and stories that we've told ourselves generation after generation so that we can get beyond white Christian nationalist supremacy culture. We've been woken up to the systems of injustice that exist all around us. And if you're like me, if you've been paying attention, waking up to all of this and rejecting that narrative can make you feel like strangers and immigrants even here in your own home. It's so strong, that feeling. And sometimes that feeling of being a wanderer or not feeling like you fit in is unnerving and makes you feel lost. And at times, maybe it feels easier just to return to the way things were, to go back in time, to buy back into the narrative, to just acquiesce to this is the way that things will always be. But you're watching this right now. And I think a part of the reason why you haven't packed your bags and just left I think a part of the reasons why you're tuning in today is because like Abraham and Sarah, like all of those listed in the larger chapter, like all of those people of faith, like the original audience that Hebrews was written to, you're searching for something better. You're searching for a better country. You're searching for a land, a city whose foundations are built and whose architect is God. You're searching for what Jesus called the kingdom. And that searching, I can leave us tired. And it can be hard to hope, to hold that hope, that expectant hope of something yet to come. It can be hard to stay in that posture of faith. Especially when the world keeps knocking you down. When thing after thing comes up. When it seems like it is just a wave of bad news after bad news. It's hard to stay in that posture of faith. But you see, what I'm learning is that faith isn't about just seeing the results in our own time. Faith isn't about just having things change for us so that we can enjoy it. I think that faith is seeing that in the deeper reality, in the deepness of God beyond time, it's beginning to understand and to know in our souls, in our deepest parts of who we are, that we are connected 
not only to those who came before us, we are deeply connected to those who will come after us, to the generations yet to be born, who are counting on us to live faithfully, to take on that posture. What if we are laying the foundation with all of this struggle, with all this strike, we are doing the, the work to lay the groundwork for our dreams to be fulfilled in those generations yet to come. That those promises will be kept even if they aren't kept in our lifetime. We are the manifestation of a thousand generations' dreams. Living lives that they couldn't even have imagined. We are the fruits of their faith. So maybe, maybe you're like me. Maybe we keep showing up because deep down within us, We know that this this work that we're doing isn't just for us. I'm deeply distrustful of any religious group or practice that's only about me. Because I know who I am. And there has to be more than just me. So what if this work is for the countless ones yet to be born? What if this work is for not just the countless humans yet to be born, but for our creature kin so that they can thrive and and be a part of the beauty of what is God, what is this world? What if what we're doing is to build that better country, to build that city of God one brick, one day at a time, for as long as we can? What if that's a part of what the gift of life is and what faith really means? You see, that kind of understanding, that kind of hope, that kind of posture of interacting in the world... That's the sort of thing that gives me strength to get back up when I'm knocked down. That's the kind of thing that makes this seem worth it. Because these are hard times. This is time that calls for getting back up and showing up even when we feel like we can't. And I'll be there with you. We will be there for each other so that we can be there for those who have yet to come and experience the miracle of life. So mission gathering and friends, may you connect with the deepness. May you find at the center of all things is a reality beyond imagining. That there is a hope that is assured to bring about the promises that God has made. That this kingdom on earth, this kingdom on earth will be more and more as it is in heaven. May you learn to see and listen beyond just the things of this reality. May you take the journey into the undiscovered country of the next one, of the greater reality. Holding the posture of faith until you return to the source of all things. Mission Gathering and friends, may it be so. Amen. Hey friends, thank you for watching our broadcast today. If Mission Gathering is something that you think is worthwhile. If these broadcasts are things that give you hope for your week, or if it's a place for you to connect with opinions and ideas that you can't find where you're at, or maybe you're a part of our community and you just can't seem to make it back to church yet. I get it. Pandemic changed everything. It made a lot of things harder than it used to be. But if you find yourself in any of those categories, I want to ask maybe if you can donate today to Mission Gathering. 
Your donations are tax deductible. We are a 501c3 nonprofit, just like NPR, PBS, all those places. You can donate through our Cash App, our Venmo, or even on our church website at www.mgclt.com backslash give. But your donations are important because your donations allow us to keep doing this, to keep going, to be the dreams fulfilled of a thousand generations before. So for your gifts, I offer this prayer of dedication and thanksgiving. Gracious, loving God, we thank you. We thank you for this, this life, this miracle. Thank you for our ability to share this life together. We thank you for that gift. We thank you for the ability to share our resources with each other so that we may make this kingdom on earth look more like it is in heaven. We thank you for these gifts, knowing that you need nothing, but knowing that abundance flows from you and out to each and every one of us, so that we may be a blessing with our blessings. In the name of Jesus the Christ we pray. Amen.